Welcome to the AWS Health Innovation Podcast, where you can learn from entrepreneurs and investors who are driving progress in healthcare and life science across the globe. My name is Joe Schunkweiler. I'm a physician and former health tech executive. And my name is Alex Merwin. I'm an operations executive who's worked at two startups that exited as unicorns. And now Joe and I work with healthcare and life science startups and investors at AWS. Today, I'm joined by Jonathan Bush, CEO and co-founder of Zeus, a shared health data platform designed to accelerate healthcare data interoperability by providing easy-to-use patient data at the point of care. Jonathan and I discuss why he sees duplication as core to what frustrates so many with the U.S. health system, how his experience at Athena Health has shaped his team's approach at Zeus, and what his advice is for first-time founders in health tech. Enjoy. Jonathan Bush, CEO and founder of Zeus Health. Thanks for joining me today. Well, Joe, it is a treat. I'm a co-founder. I should point out that I was one of many. To start off, can you tell us a bit about Zeus Health and what y'all do, who your customers are, that kind of thing? Yeah, what do we do? Um, We've been poking away at that. We think we know what we do now, and we're very excited about it. We are a medical record API that can be consumed by all manner of front-end applications. We are inspired by you, Joe, or at least by your employer, that this is the world of componentry and tech tools are components, but also information can be, I think, a component now. So what we do is assemble a profile. We we aggregate a profile. We call it the Zeus aggregated profile, the ZAP, get it? And then we go on every American who is about to be treated by one of our clients. And right before they're being treated, we pull together all the drugs they're on or not on, doctors they've seen, encounters they've had, blood tests they've had, and we reverse engineer that into a logical, useful piece of fire information. And and then we summarize it for the job about to be done, maybe for the check-in clipboard, maybe for mm-hmm. the quick peek before going into the exam room, maybe maybe for the online questionnaire to get you to your beloved, your beloved Viagra, whatever the... <laughs> job to do by the provider in play, um, we summarize that data so that they can get it done. Mostly through partnered electronic medical record or CRM platforms that themselves don't have a comprehensive data service. I've worked very hard on trying to build something that was national and connected at Athena Health, my prior uh, company, uh, my my one hit wonder. And um, I In the rush to build the electronic medical record in obedience to the meaningful use deadline of the High Tech Act, we didn't do a lot of federating of information across the customer base. Basically built the whole EMR functionality down in the table space of each customer. Uh, And so literally on the day I was fired that month, you know, 2.7 million faxes went from one customer uh, of Athena to another customer of Athena about the same, about a Mm -hmm. patient that they both had, like, Mind-blowingly tragic right. when you compare it to the shared me- uh, medical billing information that we were able to build. And so Zeus is sort of the answer to that. All EMRs in America today have in it only the information that the providers and their staff who own those EHRs have typed into it. Right. So it's right. like I type in, you know, has cancer. A month later, I can open it up and say, oh, Joe, you have cancer. But the only reason I know it's because I typed it in. There's no... Right. Other place. And that seems wacky. So what we've done is gone and pulled Commonwealth and Care Equality and all the players and assembled it, enriched it into a way that uh, allows you to start with the insight that's already been gleaned by the rest of healthcare. 
Jonathan, you referenced your clients that are accessing this. Who are those yeah. clients? So the, we have sort of two clients, right? One is obviously the software companies that put us forward and we want them to make a lot of money upselling. It's hard to get market share in a world where everybody's already got an EMR. So wallet share is cool. And so the ability to provide EMR functionality for the care that occurs between exam room visits is an important agenda item for most EMR companies. And so they are our customers in that pursuit. And then of course, their customers, healthcare providers, Right. are our ultimate customers because they need to use it and, and pay the upsell and benefit from that up, upsell and you know, make more money than they pay, as it were. We obviously started with super new age, tech forward, digital health companies that could consume our API themselves directly. So, you know, fancy pants companies like Firefly or uh, Cecilia or, you know, there's, there's 30 of them um, that are incredible. Uh, and we're very very grateful to those companies for beating us up and, and getting the product market fit clarity uh, to where we have it today. Uh, then they were kind enough to take us to their EHR providers and say, hey, can you integrate this? And furthermore, we would say, and by the way, why don't you integrate it such that it can be upsold across your base? It sounds like that's where your early traction has been, that going through the folks that are accessing the, the EMRs and then back out into the, the EMRs themselves. That's right. That's right. And that way, you know, I loved the, you know, enterprise proposal and the implementation for eight weeks, trying to mightily do projects, workflow redesigns to get the implementation down to six weeks or four weeks and, you know, et cetera, in my Athena life. But uh, this is a phone call to your account manager. You turn it on and it's running. There's no in implementation. There's no training. There's no... None of the things that kind of bogged down uh, Athena's mission, uh, which excites me. And, and, and it relieves me because I don't want to compete with Athena very much or with Elation and Camp, all these amazing companies that have done a great job and have great customer service and all of that. I want to enable them to build better products, uh, not, not tussle with them. I'd love for you to just share some of your background because what you laid out is a thorny challenge, as many are in healthcare, and you're uniquely positioned based on your experience and expertise to tackle that, you and your team. Would you walk us through you know, your own journey in this space? Yeah. It, it really uh, tracks. Uh, sure. I'm flattered that you've asked. I am, um, I think maybe what I am is a, um, like a lot of doctors, kind of a subject matter expert with delusions and aspirations towards product manager status. I, I think I know what I'm talking about on products, but I certainly have a lot of experience uh, in, in what the jobs that need to be done are in healthcare across the, across the enterprise. And that started by me driving an ambulance for the city of New Orleans from six at night to six in the morning in 1990, all the way through, you know, being in the medical corps of the army through doing activity-based costing projects on surgeons, surgery programs at Children's Hospital, through consulting at Booz Allen, trying to turn nonprofit Blue Cross plans into IPO-able companies or, or fusion provider payer types, all the way to starting Athena Women's Health, the birth center company. I still have my waiting room sign under the reception desk uh, from that endeavor on into Athena, which was basically the back room for our birth center. Uh, we disattached the birth center and did more, more back room 
uh, for providers, which again gave me really incredible front row seats to the frustrations of to the modern healthcare delivery and the tragedies of mostly duplication. I think the probably the, the single word that sort of captures the root cause that upsets people about healthcare in the United States is duplication. It, it's what makes doctors depressed and frustrated and cynical. It's what makes it expensive doing everything twice or more times. It just it gives you that bureaucratic Soviet feel in a country where we're used to sparkly new, quick click, no duplication, buy with one click experiences. How much of what you saw in the market that drove Zeus was things that you wanted to complete and do at Athena? I had a bunch of Athena veterans in the co-founding crew. And we actually started Zeus as a kind of a Build-A-Bear studio to build your own EMR. Mm. So we, we offered components to do CRM and other workflows for all these new venture-backed digital health companies. And, uh, and I think that was the wrong move. I think those companies writing in React, you know, having somebody else write in React for you, a front end that you use, is, it's cool, but it's not a, a game-changing company. And the feature of that EMR component library that everyone liked the most was that it came with the patients already in it. Uh, a little bit like that new CRM they've got, Affinity, which is uh, used by a lot of VCs. The cool thing about it, before you go live on Affinity, Affinity sits up all night reading every single calendar invite, mm -hmm. Gmail, email, and goes and crunches up a contact file for every single person who's on it. And so you wake up on day one of your Affinity and your entire life has been loaded um, with details you didn't even have yourself on your contacts. That that is needed in medicine much more than it is needed in venture right, right. Uh, but, and and so we realized that's you know it's not the components it's not we're not going to be in the software business there's lots of good people there software is a business that's been done we're going to be in the we're going to go from SaaS to DAS you know and and make software players better. I have parroted back the legendary founding of Athena to other founders to say. Yeah. If I understand it correctly from talking to you and reading your book, that when the women's health, dedicated women's health center, and you were early on that in that market, didn't work out, that piece, as you said, that was resilient, that rose from that was the back end EMR piece of it. Not even EMR, right? It was, it was, it was reception desk. It was, it was eligibility checking, bank slip preparation, end of day deposit slip preparation, um, aggregated taco facts. So at lunch, you could, you right. could order in Athena that way. You wanted there to be one facts. This was obviously way before Grubhub or whatever. So we would send an aggregated facts to El Cuervo taco shop in Hillcrest in San Diego. So it was, it was that was started that just help us manage 13 front desks without a lot of management infrastructure. And then it worked its way back through the claim, and then it worked its way into the exam room, and then it worked its way into the home with, with Athena Communicator. So the medical record came sort of maybe a, maybe a decade into the journey or something like that. Did you feel like that experience allowed you to identify what was has been working, latch onto that at Zeus and say, okay, now go, let's go right after that piece of it quicker yeah, than you would have? I, I, yes. I, I, I wish I had... You know, as a as a as a one hit wonder, uh, you know, the one hit gets you good pre money valuations and more money than you need, and 
more really appealing employees than you need. And I, you know, I wish I had sort of ground along um, in ignominy alone with, you know, three or four friends for longer uh, because I don't know that all the horsepower we brought to Zeus right away on the wrong thing. You know, you, you have to do the wrong thing to get to the right thing. You have to kiss frogs to find the prince. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that you need to like show up with a giant John Deere frog kissing combine, you know, <laughs> and, and we did. Um, now we've got it down to a, 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 a really focused, you know, job to do that we believe in. Having had the privilege of interviewing, but not getting an internship at Athena when I was a business school student, <laughs> I was, I was, um, I was, I've been waiting for that. I was you, in- you, you could have easily sent me an email saying, uh, the committee at, uh, Amazon <laughs> podcast has uh, reviewed your application. And we are sorry to inform you that, um, you don't meet our standards for an interview. It was it was tempting. One of the things I was the most amazed about just walking into the campus in Watertown was you would never believe the size of the company. This is a giant publicly traded company with huge market share in this big area. And uh, how do you how did you maintain that at Athena? And how does that change or dictate how you operate at Zeus as you grow? Well, obviously, we were we were lucky to have uh, traction. Traction really helps hold people together. If you have a cause that people see to be working, you know they'll they'll stay engaged. Um, sometimes, you know, for short periods of time, they'll be even more engaged if it's not working. And you engage in a turnaround. You know, there's a passionate save the station type of feel. Um, but mostly, just we, you know, we I think the last year I was there was our lowest growth year, and that was. 22% or something on a billion. I don't know. Uh, so it was, it was, a, it was traction that held people together. And it's nice to have a commercial enterprise with commercial rewards that also has such an obvious social consequence. You know, doctors just trying to get through the bloat in their lives right. uh, to do medicine and being able to, uh, to make a huge dent, bigger dent than anybody, you know, had done in that was uh, just exciting, excited people. It was enough of an excitement to get probably the biggest contribution we made wasn't the elimination of that work. It was the attraction of the people like you who came to interview who would have never found themselves in one of the healthcare IT companies of you know, pre-Athena life. And now you go around, there's venture capitalists, there's engineers, there's right. you know, modern component builders. Uh, there's huge swaths of AWS. Um, that are healthcare use cases. And, uh, you know, I think Athena in its early success and in its passionate approach uh, to the effort uh, is partly responsible for all those people. You've also been a great uh, advocate and chronicler of the evolution of the data ecosystem within healthcare. And Zeus is a, a clear example of that, as you laid out earlier. What are some of those trends that you've followed and what's the yeah. direction off of that? It's funny. I, for some reason, an image that always comes into my mind is the Ages of Man exhibit at the uh, Museum of Natural History in New York when I was a little boy. I walked in and, you know, so I don't remember exactly, but on the left, you know, somewhere on the lower left, there's a chimpanzee 
And somewhere in the upper right is a white dude wearing a fedora hat and business suit carrying a briefcase. An IBM exec, maybe. An IBM exec. And it was like, oh, so that's how it ends. Like then the, then you hit the frame, it's over. And I thought, isn't that interesting? I wonder if that's how it ends. I did a similar one at Athena where in the gorilla ages was the, was the software product on a disc. And then you'd go out and you'd buy a computer and you'd stick the disc in the computer and you'd burn the software on. And then whatever instructions were on that disc, the computer would do like a Rube Goldberg, you know, marble art or, or a domino, you know, domino exhibition of the Ecuadorian flag at those little piazzas, you know, and they knock the domino and then all the dominoes. That's what software was. Right. And then somebody said, hold on, hold on. What, you know, what if we could, you know, make this computer distribute to more places? Or what if we could store the software for you? And lo and behold, the ASP was born and a whole mm. industry of doing the stick the disc in for you right. and, and, and storing on bigger compute, the primordial ooze from whence came AWS, you know, right. sort of somewhere in the middle. And then people thought, oh, the, the modern age was going to be SaaS companies and that that's where it ended. That was the white guy in the suit, you know, Mark Benioff. And I'm like, but wait a minute, like Mark Benioff is selling the exact same piece of software unenhanced to all of these people that are actually doing the same thing. Some of them are literally calling on the same individual people. Isn't there more here? Like, couldn't Mark sell Salesforce by the meeting or by the sale instead of by the month license? Isn't there, and, and, you know, couldn't that data be better organized if it wasn't duplicated for every customer. And, you know, a lot of what Athena did, we, we called it SES instead of SaaS, software enabled services that we actually mm -hmm. did work for. The software we would say is free. Today I'm looking, I'm like, well, is that the end? Is that the white guy in the, uh, in the fedora? And now we're looking at, well, what if there's DAS? What if the data that you work on is also a service? What if you certainly keep the compute, but what if instead of this silly little brittle database that only has your keystrokes in it, or your clicks or your drop-down choices. You know, what if there's something much larger and profound that you connect to? I mean, this is what Andy did with you guys and, and you know, helped to change the world. And I would love to see that happen. I think it has to happen vertical by vertical. And so I'd like to humbly take on the $4 trillion that we're working on. And maybe that, and of course, that won't be the end of the ages of man exhibit either. Right. But, you know, maybe that's the next guy. You know, maybe that's the guy in the pookie beads who has work-life balance. You're a great predictor of the of what's next. And I, having done some diligence on this, you said that nudging was going to be the next big thing. What, is, right. what did you mean by that? On the care delivery side, we, we have the sort of the one-hit cure down well. Um, obviously, it needs to get better, but it's pretty freaking amazing. You know, and I never forget that my metaphor is... is my, my dear friend and former head of communications daughter runs across the road at a family compound. Compound is a grand term. Family set of shacks way out in down East Maine. And the one guy with a car in town happened to be right. slamming down that road and they clobber her. And there's no way in anywhere in the world at any time in history, this child miles and bridges and dirt roads away from civilization is going to live. And somehow some deputy picks up the 911 on the rickety phone because there's no cell, 
calls in the, oh, I know that house, looks up the lat lawn, calls in the life flight. And by the time they get to Maine Med, there's the surgeon. They already know what they're going to do. And, and the kid was a graduate of college and a brilliant person out there changing the world herself today. We can do that stuff well. But 80% of what we spend money on in healthcare is not that stuff. Right. It's, it's, it's what we now are calling the social determinants of care, the social drivers of disease. And the cure for those things are not available in a helicopter or a drug or a scalpel. They're available in tiny, tiny, tiny emotional, sometimes clinical, sometimes technical nudges over time. Um, so the very notion of the exam room that, you know, taking your, the irony, right? Sort of like go back to our ages of man exam. It ends with you taking your pants off and sitting on wax paper <laughs> and a Welch Allen thing goes in your ear. Right. That can't be how it ends. It just can't be how it ends, right? right? And, and, and what we're seeing now is all these companies enhanced by the pandemic, maybe too enhanced by the pandemic, plus too much money in the economy. But anyway, are coming up with this idea of always on, instantly available care. And they are making giant dents in total medical expense. They're more available and they're costing less overall because people aren't, you know, without them, you and what do you do? Call your doctor and I, I, you go to the urgent care, you go to the emergency room and everyone does. And then they get sucked into whatever specialist happens to be on the other side of that emergency room and the care is not what it should be. So these, these nudgers need a different doctor's office. They need no doctor. They need a Bloomberg machine, not a doctor's right. office. So nudging is basically taking that primary care doctor energy and distributing it into people's pockets and beds and potties and, uh, and then taking the cure and doing the same thing, whether it's physical or chemical, um, dosing it out, titrating it out, and constantly iterating and updating and iterating and updating. And that really does actually cure disease. That, that is a cure for heart disease. There are, you know, Lipitor is not a cure. It is a problematic temporary suspension of heart disease symptoms, right? Which is great compared to no suspension of symptoms, but there is a cure for it, which involves eat and sleep and exercise and force and, you know, lots of stuff that can be delivered in the form of care. Um, and so one of the things that Zeus does, there's two jobs to do. We'll hopefully do many that Zeus enables for EMR companies and, and digital health companies that have their own EMRs. One is get up to speed, which is, I've never seen this person before. I've got to answer hundred questions and I can't get paid for that. Let me go back to the record and see what was already there. And the other is stay in the know. So basically, they've, I've done whatever I've done. Now I want to monitor. I want to stay in touch. So let me know if they see another doctor, get another drug, pick up my drug. Don't pick up my drug. Go to the emergency room. You can imagine all the things. Hit their scale and change the needle. Don't sleep. All these things are easily monitorable with the right level of technology. But the EMR needs a always-on game layer to consume it. And that's what we'd like to plug in for them. I think whether it's these new cool digital health venture back players that rise up and form their own public health tickers, or whether they get bought into the established players who then develop the ability to do this work, the way that e-banks got bought up so that now banks are all e, um, they're all going to need that layer of infrastructure, information infrastructure. Jonathan, as I, as I wrap these up, I always like to end with a piece of advice 
for the the entrepreneurs, budding entrepreneurs out there. You must hear from those folks in, in droves who are, are thinking about starting a health tech company. And I just want to hear, given the current environment, given the the range of economic conditions that that you've seen through Athena and now at Zeus, what's your advice for somebody if they came to you today and said, I want to be Jonathan Bush. I want to found the next Athena, the next Zeus. What do, what do you say to that person? Well, is it is it someone who's already founded something or somebody who wants to be a founder? Let's do wants to be. Wants to be. Uh, go find a job to do. That You know, you got to do a job. Um, and then if you find uh, something about that job that you think could be automated, replicated, eliminated, then start a company to do that job. I think it's very hard to start a company before you deeply intuitively understand a job that you want to do. For me, I drove an ambulance and I saw like, there's no reason we drove half the patients we drove to the hospital. We had all the drugs they needed. The hospital was a nightmare and the lines in the charity hospital were out the door, you know, distributing care forward came to me as an idea by trying to distribute people to care and uh, see the absurdity of it. Um, today, the hospital at home is barely getting like a baby deer in the field in the spring, you know, right. we're starting to go, yeah, I guess maybe this is better than bringing them into a kill zone of hardened bacteria with bloated overhead and blue paint on the floor so you can find yourself among the linoleum. I mean, it couldn't be a less health-giving experience. And sometimes we need it, but we just... There's a lot of time that we don't. So you got to do a job and feel it and feel its improvement in, in your bones to where you can't stop thinking about it to build, start and build a company. I think that, and that's one, end of one. That's my experience. On the, on, if you have a company going, capitalized, uh, I think the advice for today is that money is tight. Carl Byers, my... It's, IPO CFO, fantastic CFO, couldn't count, but best CFO, <laughs> came back. We had a company meeting after the IPO roadshow ended at a deal priced. He comes back, the whole company's there cheering, and Carl says, money is tight. Uh, we had you know, just put $70 million in the bank from the IPO proceeds, and he's like, we can't act like money's not tight. And I think over the last three years, Everyone has gotten this idea. They think money's not tight, but it always is. And uh, I got a little bit of that bug. I went after this too hard, too fast. Um, and I think, you know, everybody can do a layoff <laughs> and everybody can skip a hire or move one to the right or two, you know, or to the right two months. Just slide it over. Go back and look at your business and figure out how to make it run tighter. Um, because... You will you will find that it's there, and uh, and we are all we are tribal creatures. We 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 glom on to the mood of the, you know, the zeitgeist, and the zeitgeist of late has been absurd with regard to money. So I think that's for the for the existing guys. That's the advice: do a job, money's tight. Jonathan Bush, CEO and co-founder of Zeus Health. Thanks for joining me today. I'm thrilled to be invited. I'm sitting here in the woods in Maine. It's nice to talk to someone. Thanks, Joe. If you enjoyed the podcast, please leave us a review and rating. It helps others find us. 
To learn more about how AWS supports startups, please go to aws.amazon.com startups.